scripture reading today comes from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 31, verses 7 through 13. For thus says Yahweh, sing aloud with joy for Jacob. Hail the head of nations. Make your praises heard and say, Yahweh, save your people, Israel's remnant. For I will bring them from the lands of the north and gather them from the ends of the earth. The blind and the lame will be among them, along with expectant mothers and women in labor. They will return weeping and praying. I will lead them beside streams of water, along level ground where they will not stumble, for I am forever a mother and father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. Hear the word of Yahweh, you nations. Proclaim it on faraway shores. The one who scattered Israel will gather us in and watch over it as shepherds watch their flocks. For Yahweh ransomed Jacob and delivered the people from a foe stronger than they. When the people arrive, they will shout for joy on Zion's heights, radiant over God's goodness, over the grain, the wine, and the oil, over the young of the flocks and herds. They will flourish like well-watered gardens, Sorrow will be no more. Then the young women will dance with joy, and the young men and the elderly will make merry. I will turn their mourning into joy. I will comfort them, exchanging gladness for sorrow. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. May the grace, mercy, and peace of the triune God be with you. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable to you, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Like many of you, I grew up reading the books by A.A. A. Milne about a bear and his friends who lived in the Hundred Acre Wood. Winnie the Pooh is a classic favorite of children and adults for generations. And while we love Winnie the Pooh and Tigger and Piglet, one of the most beloved characters in these stories is Eeyore, the melancholy donkey. For some reason, we all love Eeyore. Journalist Chris Cox wrote in an article that he had penned for Eeyore's birthday. He says, in literary terms, Eeyore is the archetypal outsider. The other animals, Pooh, Piglet, Owl, and the rest, dwell happily within the hundred acre wood, knocking on each other's doors, having tea with one another, and embarking on adventures, but not Eeyore. He lives on the other side of the stream 
in his gloomy place, marked on the map as rather boggy and sad. Rather than venture out to see others, he waits for them to pass through his field, which doesn't happen often. Eeyore seems to have a special place in our hearts. We are drawn helplessly toward him. We recognize something deeply human in his gloomy outlook. His sadness is our sadness. He's in every person and every donkey. Something about his very gloominess makes us love him. And in some ways, the prophet Jeremiah has that same effect on us. Je uh, Jeremiah, unlike many of the other prophets, is mostly known for his gloom and doom outlook on life and the rather boggy and sad situation in which God's people find themselves. They are broken, some are scattered, they are partially conquered and living in exile. They can no longer worship in the temple. And Jeremiah is known to be the prophet of doom. His message is, we are going to lose. Better surrender now, accept the inevitable. God is on their side and we are about to be punished for our sins. As you can imagine, this message did not win him any popularity contests. In fact, it landed him in prison. Then Jerusalem is sacked and the temple is razed by the, to the ground by Babylon. The Babylonians are so grateful to Jeremiah for undermining the morale of the people in Jerusalem that they free him from prison and allow him to live in comfort and peace. Meanwhile, they take most of the Jewish people back to Babylon to work for the good of the empire. But before that happens, Jeremiah looks into the distant future and prophesies about the time when the exile will be at an end and God will lead God's people home. These, the th these three chapters in, this, in the book of Jeremiah are called the Book of Consolation. In the midst of the gloom and the doom and the despair and lament, we have these words from God. Sing aloud with joy. Jeremiah prophesies that God will gather the people from the ends of the earth. Their sorrow will be at an end and they will flourish. These words of hope are words we need to hear today. I had so much hope last November. Remember almost a year ago? Well, I had hope that our country would recover from four years of governance by people who had little compassion for those who needed it most. Hope that COVID vaccines would provide herd immunity and we could get back to our normal lives. Hope that we would have Christmas Eve services in our sanctuary. And we all know that things didn't happen the way we hoped. COVID continued and continues to wreak havoc in our world. Then, January 6th happened. 
then. People didn't want to be vaccinated at a level that would control the pandemic. Then, the Texas legislature met and repressive and horrible laws were passed. Then, Afghanistan. Then, and then, and then. Eeyore left his friends, went back across the stream, back to his gloomy place. Author Madeline LaEngle wrote this when her husband, Hugh Franklin, died of cancer. She says, when things go wrong, when good things do not happen, when our prayers seem to evaporate, that is when God is most present. We do not need the sheltering when things go smoothly. We are closest to God in the darkness when we stumble along blindly. We are closest to God in the darkness when we stumble along blindly. Sometimes the world at large seems dark. Now, I'm not saying that we are living in the dire situation that we sometimes picture, or even that we've been through in the past two years. It's not what we hoped for, but it is getting better. In Austin, we are back to stage three. We are worshiping in the sanctuary again. <laughs> the heat wave is broken. We are able to see our family and friends, to go to work, to resume our new lives in this post-pandemic world. But we miss our old world, do we not? We miss seeing our friend Eeyore on the happy side of the stream. This is where I find the words of the gloomy prophet Jeremiah so comforting. Jeremiah changes his message to one of hope for the future. He reminds us as God's people that the one who scattered Israel will gather us in and watch over us as a shepherd watches their flocks. Jeremiah also promises that God will guide us in mercy, leading us beside streams of water along level ground where we will not stumble. These words remind us of the Psalm of the Good Shepherd, leading us beside the streams of still water, restoring our souls, renewing our energy, our passion, and our ability to navigate in the world. <clears throat> Jeremiah goes on to promise that when the people arrive, they will shout for joy on Zion's heights. They will flourish like well-watered gardens and sorrow will be no more. He writes, then the young women will dance for joy and the young men and the elderly will make merry. Yahweh promises that I will turn their mourning into joy. I will comfort them, exchanging gladness for sorrow. I will comfort them, exchanging gladness for sorrow. So how do we get there? How do we go about exchanging our gladness 
for our sorrow. I believe we begin this journey just like we begin any journey, one step at a time. We begin by seeing how much we are already doing and experiencing, and we keep going. We see the grace of being able to go to the grocery store, to go to school, to see our grandchildren, to see our friends and loved ones. We see the grace in the miracle of a third vaccine dose becoming available and a vaccine for children is on the horizon. We see the grace of being able to travel, to eat in restaurants again. As Eeyore once said, the nicest thing about the rain is it always stops, eventually. The skies are clearing, aren't they? As a church, we are just now emerging from our diaspora as well. We are emerging from being forced away from our buildings, our work in the community, <clears throat> our children, youth, and adults being able to gather together. And we begin to see God's work in our community. We see God with us in the parking lot on Saturday morning as the homeless receive food and clothing. We see God in the work of our working on racial justice group who are preparing to lead us as a community of faith into new steps toward racial justice. We see God's grace in our continued embracing of the LGBTQIA community, especially those most vulnerable in our schools under new laws recently passed affecting transgender children. We see God's grace when one of our members gets an email from an acquaintance of hers who happens to be a healthcare worker at Seton Hospital. This nurse had had a really difficult week. She had lost several people to COVID and she had had angry, hurting family members take out their pain and their anger and their grief on the hospital staff, including her. As she left her shift one evening, her supervisor handed her a little card. Inside was a message of encouragement and gratitude, along with a Starbucks gift card. This nurse wrote our church member and said, that provided me with the hope I needed to keep on going. We, this community of faith, we provided those cards. So the question becomes now, how can we do more? What new things are we being called to do? What does God have in front of us that we need to see? As beloved as Eeyore is in our memories of the stories we read as children, we also know that sometimes we need to see beyond the gloomy side of life. We need to leave the sad and boggy place and embrace the possibilities of a new reality. We need to be open to those possibilities. We need to gasp, embrace change. And it's hard. <coughs> we long to go back to the way it was before 
Because going forward is hard. I think I've talked about Grandma Gatewood before. She was the first woman to walk the entire Appalachian Trail by herself. She carried some canned food, a shower curtain, and a blanket. And on her feet, she wore sneakers. She was completely unprepared for the 141-day journey in the wilderness. And when a reporter asked her how she did it, she responded, one step at a time. We may feel woefully unprepared for our own journey. We may still be afraid of the future. We may really long for the past. But God promises us that God is with us every step, every moment, every day. I will turn your mourning into joy. I will comfort you, exchanging gladness for sorrow. Our task is to trust in God's love and mercy and being willing to be open to the new things that God has in store for us, exchanging gladness for sorrow, one step at a time. Thanks be to God. Amen.